right, we're back. So, the attributes of a rational thinker. And in short, it's the it's a having the correct balance of emotion and logic. Emotion and logic, it can be thought of like the yin and yang, right? You, they're constantly dependent. You can't have one without the other. I mean, technically you can, but in the larger scheme of things, nothing goes without emotion and logic. Everything, when you boil down to it, every matter, every moral is boiled down to a balance of emotion and logic. Now, no one's to say that there is no disparity between the, the balance, right? But everything has a balance. That's undeniable. Um, and we also must remember that it is all relative, you know, and not to get too misogynistic here, but men tend to be more logical and women tend to be more emotional. And this is not, by the way, this is not uh, picking sides. This has been, this is, there are studies that I have proven this, you know, this is not a, this is not a, a rip on anyone's uh, biological uh, structure, but we do have, uh, you know, it's, and by the way, it's, when I'm talking about uh, relativity, when I'm talking about relativity in terms of uh, rational thinking, I'm saying in rel- externally relative. What I mean by never compare it externally, right? It's not relative to him or her. This is not against me or against my friend or against, oh, he's a more rational, he's a different balance than me. And we'll talk about that, how that actually manifests a little bit later, how that actually has significance and weight. Rather, you know, one's supposed to understand how rational and the, the balance from within. You know, it's a very within thing. It's not me against the outside it's just a, it's an internal thing right it's a kind of it's a very structured it's a very structured thing right and by the way this balance is so so deeply rooted much deeper than you know the average person might think because every single decision that our mind executes every single t- small thing from you know from every small little menial interaction to every small tiny uh, to the biggest right every single interaction requires everything we do requires this balance right so it is a gift from god that once again that this balance is so deeply rooted in us because imagine if before every interaction you had or after every interaction you had or anything important or anything that had any sort of weight in your own reality had to be you had to before kind of go through oh do i need x amount of emotion and x amount of logic imagine if that was a conscious decision before imagine how many brain calories that would take so you know that's something to that's something to really uh, really highlight that what an amazing thing it is that it's so deeply embedded in one's own unconscious that you know you don't really have to uh, do much fidgeting there uh, of course you know there's room for reflection but it, it, this balance is it's quite rooted so we're we bring uh, we're kind of after this this comparison we're kind of uh, introduce we want to introduce a very very um, it's a very piggish, misogynistic image. Uh, in in media, and this is very prominent media. I'm definitely I'm not pulling this out of my ass. This is a this is very uh, this is very prominent scene in the media where the this is probably actually where it originates. You know, this is not originated from reality. This is a very very media-like scene, American '50s movie type scene. So the wife would be uh, talking very emotionally, would be a little bit out of whack. And the husband would go and kind of use his towering presence to uh, hold her on the shoulders and kind of calm things down. Hey, come on, honey, take a deep breath, right? And it's very representative that the man is the is the all-knowing being of logic, and the woman is the outlandish, 
emotional roller coaster, right? And it's a very, very disgusting image to watch. Uh, I mean, cinema, cinema at the end of the day, right? However, there is still there is a there there is a a very simple innocent truth cheapened and perverted to be you know it, to this very very um, uh, I want to say I want to say morally gruesome image. Uh, so with that, we actually leave off and thank our sponsors once again. All right, so we're back. Uh, we left off on a very um, misogynistic note, and we come to ask a, we come to talk a little bit more. So everyone has a so, the, the, because of this, I believe that this balance. I don't want to get too third eye here, but uh, I believe that this balance of emotion logic is so deeply rooted in us, so deeply rooted in our my psychological and neurological even composition. Not not neurological, but it's very deeply rooted in in our in in our minds. Um, and we and you know how every I mean everyone has a different balance, and this different balance, this variation in balance, is a is what I believe to be a very very big factor in everyone's energy. In other words, everyone's aura, everyone resonates at a different. Everyone resonates at a different uh, at a different frequency. Everyone resonates differently, right? And a lot of this a lot of this energy is highly dependent on emotion logic. Of course, it depends on on several other factors, but the basis, just like the basis of all our decision making, is based on this balance. A lot of people's logic is equally based. Uh, people's energy is equally based on this balance too. So my first, it brings us to our first theory that uh, this that the uh, the balance that this balance of emotion and logic can uh, this change in this balance can alter our it can alter one's own energy and we'll talk about we'll talk about uh, that uh, over at a different episode but you know the point still remains that I believe the way to change someone's energy in in the deeper sense because everything has the superficial the, the way to change the foundational uh, parts of one's own energy is to alter or to manipulate this uh, this part of this emotion logic balance, um, which brings us over to theory number two. That I mean, this is a relatively simple idea. Uh, this is again just a theory. This is this is there's absolutely zero uh, evidence that I've searched up. I have not searched it up, but I'm sure there is out there that I believe that left people left brained people typically are are into straight you know mathematical logical uh down to earth uh, calculations methodical more it's a more a very methodical um uh, outlook but right brain people are very abstract artsy musical uh very imaginative right it's so it's this kind of this balance right is again just like the yin and yang just like emotion logic balance so uh, just like the left brain, uh, the left brain. When what is it? Or the first word that comes to mind, the first attribute of the left brain is logical, and uh, you know. So I believe that left brain people are logical, and they have this. So their their balance is, is swayed more toward the logical side. I had, there is absolutely, I, I have no conclusive evidence to to bring you, but it's just a, a little a little bit of a, a logical inference. So we come to inquire: How do I know my balance? You know how, and you know, and this is something that I mean. Most people probably figured it out by now. Uh, anyone who is able to understand a topic like this probably already figured out where they kind of stand. But you know, I was like doing a reference test, 
And it's like uh, a reference test is not – what I define as reference test is I, I like using this term a lot. It What I like uh, thinking of it as is a, a test of how I'm doing in this area based on an identical area. Based on if I'm doing well here, it's kind of like a – I can infer that I'm doing well in this area because I'm doing well there. So – you know, so I always like, and, I, and earlier I said, you know, not to compare externally, but that's for, you know, that's the actual balance, right? This is this is how do I know my balance? How does it compare? Uh, so how do how do you look at it? You know, how how do you, w which lens do you look at the world through? How how do you look at life? How do you perceive the world around you? Are you making? Do you make logical decisions? Because always there. Our mind has a, a habit of giving analytical thought. So analytical thought would be, for example, if if you're in the zone or you're, you know, if you're playing any sport or instrument and you've been in the zone and there's this very, very soft area, they kind of just lucid and fluid. There, there, there's this really calm, zen uh, time period of fluidity, right? And then your mind starts talking about it. That is analytical thought. So if you're playing an instrument or you're playing violin, you're in this zone, you're taking a deep breath, you're flowing with nature, you're really you're really feeling it. Then your mind, you're really feeling it and you're experiencing it. But then your mind all of a sudden would say something like, oh, wow, hmm, this is really amazing, right? And so the recognition of the feeling thereof will screw up the feeling in and of itself, right? So it's the analytical thought just like analyze analytical thought that gives its feedback and screws things up. So analytical thought, right? So what is your kind of, what is the dialogue, right? What What is your analytical thought about? What are your thoughts? In other words, what is the, what is the outlook you have toward life? And I'm not talking about morally. I'm talking about a study yourself talk. Is your self-talk primarily, oh my God, he's gross or that's disgusting or the floor is gross or I, I hate this, right? Very, uh, straight uh, logical uh, statements like, uh, wow, this building is very tall. I wonder, you know, very calculated comments. Or is it like, oh, God, man, this thing is crazy. I don't like this. Or is it, in other words, is it a very outlandish type of comments, right? Is it very, is it very big? Is it very, uh, what, what type is it? Are they emotional or are they logical? Is that, that's essentially what things boil down to. Um, so, and Another reference test was is you know how does how does my own uh, how does my own lens scale up against society right so is this you must ask right you cite an emotional event say it's a say God forbid it's a loss of a friend and you don't react to of course this is a Jurassic example this is a uh, you know argumentative uh, exaggeration so relative against society. So let's say, God forbid, your friend died, your friend passed away, and you are, and you don't really react normally, right? So according to society, this is an inherently, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that lightly because uh, moral relativism, whatever, uh, but I'm saying that inherent, this is an, a loss of a friend is an inherently emotional event, right? This is not, this is. Well, we can talk about if it's if it's past societal or it's it's if or if it's actually inherent in our minds. But this we know in society we uh, respect we give it the we classify the loss of a friend as a highly highly emotional event. 
and that would be the society's lens. Now, our lens, let's say your lens is super, super logical. You feel very little emotion, right? And you, you kind of, I mean, yeah, he was a great friend, but, you know, how am I going to get my taxes done? Because he always did that. You think of the logical side, and you kind of shrugged yourself. You said, hmm, right? So, hmm, I'm pretty logical would be would be an appropriate response. So, we come to see how... You know, had it not been for society and your comparison to it thereof, you would not be able to come to such a conclusive, uh, such a conclusive conclusion, really. Uh, So, you know, a second test would be to compare one's own self to uh, the society around him. Now, here's where we dive into really interesting, interesting topics. But before we dive into this, a little bit of an etymological breakdown of the term rational, what it brings about, and how it ties into the attributes of a rational thinker, I want to give another brief thanks to our sponsor. All right, so we're back. So I want to dive into the word rational, how it kind of works in the English language, and um, kind of see how it ties into the attributes of a rational thinker. So when someone says rational in uh, conversational terms, they it brings about normal and logical thoughts, right? So when you say when someone says, if, if I say, oh, I hate him so much, he's so annoying, and someone says, hey, let's be rational about this, they mean, hey, get your emotions in check, let's be logical. So automatically, we make the connection that rational somewhat equals being logical and uh, normal. So after all, I mean, logic is the common language. We, as we're going to explore, you know, logic is the common language, just like a language, just like a language of, uh, just like love or sign language or emotions. Logic is a language too. And uh, unfortunately, common logic is not something we all, is not a language we all speak. So, you know, often we have seeing, I mean, Really, a lot of times, many people have a a difficulty seeing past a language that's not English, right? Language is so, so deeply rooted in us as, uh, as, you know, the writing and reading and normal English, you know, like a, that we're not able to communicate, we can't tie the term communication and what it means to something that's not a language like English, for example, like logic, right? So a lot of us have a difficulty seeing past something that's not English, but this is a very, very literal, literal thing. Rational, rationality is a literal language. Um, Rationality is a means of communication. It is an actual way to communicate. Uh, And one of our five senses, of course, is, uh, is our mouth, right? Speech, or is it? Oh, speech is a speech is a, a very very an important sense, and because of speech is such an important sense, we often associate only things that can come out of our mouth as speech, right? But speech is a very, uh, but communication is the is the bigger umbrella here, and um, we come to we come to from from broadening the term of a communication to rationality, we understand that. We're going to introduce the fact that the world is built on logic. Mentally, right, the world, the the planets, if you kind of look at the planet's uh, mental composition, right, and that takes a lot of uh, anthropomorphizing, right, making uh, making dull or uh, non-living objects, relatively non- or non-conscious objects uh, into human form, right, like 
oh how that the river flows it reminds me of uh, doing karate right that's 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 in a brief example of anthropomorphizing nature so not to get into too deep into that right but the mental composition of the planet and the physical aspect of the planet is all built on logic it's all built on logic so and i want just want to kind of clarify a really pretty um, a pretty big double standard here uh, so if in, com- in normal conversation, uh, if you don't, if someone says you don't get logic, you know, you're an idiot. So if someone calls you an idiot, what does that mean? It means that you clearly do not understand. You clearly do not understand. Right, so you don't get logic, you're an idiot. If you're called an idiot, you are incapable of understanding logic. That is the underlying meaning behind being called an idiot. However, if you if you get uh, if the statement is made toward you that you don't get emotions, right? You don't understand emotions. The normal and rational response, uh, pretty ironic, would mean, well, everyone's different. You know, we're all different. That's usually what what everyone says you know we don't if you don't get emotions well everyone's different you know we all are on our own uh, different emotional path but if you don't get logic oh well then you're 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 suffering from you know you're, you're obviously disabled in some way uh, so not to get too third eye on here uh, as I said earlier but this is why all feud is based on emotions this is why every argument is somehow in some way based on emotion right I'm getting a little bit metaphysical here, right? But we affirm our reality through our senses. You confirm if I'm telling you that uh, you that there is a an animal in front of you, if there's a cow in front of you, the way you confirm such a reality is through sight, right? Of course, you can hear sound, right? But we usually confirm our reality. If I told you a cow was standing in front of you, you or a cow was right in front of you, you would confirm that through your senses through your through your five senses uh like vision and uh even even more so we affirm all our reality through physics gravity forces of nature are deeply 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 uh indispensable logic right you cannot this is a hundred physics is only logic there is no room for anything except logic when when it comes to physics this comes to show that the world the actual planet is built on sheer logic there is there is logic embedded in every small force in reality is all logic i see a the mind for example you know it kind of ties into the way we're conditioned the mind sees a it ex- it expects b i drop this pen i expect the pen to fall there is no such thing as the pen floating in the air. If I drop this pen, I expect it to fall at a certain rate. And this conditions the mind to be, to, this con, this causes logic, right? This this conditions the mind for, to, uh, to have an underlying need and hunger for logic. You know, so we kind of learn from here that physics and, as we said earlier, physics and logic are under the same umbrella. Physics and logic work hand in hand. This means that the actual uh, architectural composition of planet Earth is logical, and this makes every human need logic. This makes the hunger for logic, right? So when someone says, "Oh, you're an idiot, you're an idiot," right? There, where does that hunger come from? Where does the where does the the need 
to what is the the overall okay i understand logic right there's a need for logic i there's an overall human hunger for logic right where does that come from right i believe it's a conditioning from our circumstances around us right and what is the circumstances around us i see a i expect b right one follows two i see one event two would follow one right all these these small tiny things right everything conditions us uh and so i mean this is why rational that this this kind of answers why rational brings logic into mind right rational brings logic and rational uh, you know it comes to mind that oh being a rational thinker usually means be a logical thinker but we observe that a real thinker consciously incorporates emotions into every matter he or she deals with and uh with that we close so thank you again very much for listening all your support helps be sure to tune in daily for new episodes of existential